0: Good afternoon everyone. Welcome to Eternal Remedies seven podcast. This is the third installment of our plastic slash artificial series where our quarterly publication takes on a topic and aside from the very um, well crafted magazine that we release, we introduce a podcast series where we have really interesting guests with really cool stories that tackle the conversations that we have, that we explore in the magazine. So today is no exception to that. We're very excited to have very uh, accomplished, uh, distinguished guests in the house today. (laughs) One whose voice you've heard from before, named Chris Gould. And the other who we're very privileged to have featured today is Nicola. I'm going to give you guys both the floor to introduce yourselves, but we have a good show for you today.
1: I'll go first. Uh, hi, everyone. Uh, thanks for having me on here again, Steph, and I'm um, really excited just a little bit about me. Um, I'm an entrepreneur and I've um, uh, been doing a side hustle and a full-time job and, and kind of looking into that. The new entrepreneur um, of this day and age has been a focus for me, so I'm really excited to, uh, to be back on here.
2: Hi, I'm Nicola Davis, I'm born and raised in London with a short stint in New York. Um, And I am a strategist for a cultural agency called Loud that's within Mixcloud. Um, And on the side, I do some music journalism as well. So somewhat tapped into popular culture, but we'll see.
0: Excellent. So without further ado, let's dive into question number one, which is setting the parameters around what we want to dive into today, which is about what it means to uh, be plastic-slash-artificial in a cultural setting, or what a plastic-slash-artificial culture might even be. So I'm going to start with you, Chris, Mm -hmm. and ask you, what do you think a plastic-artificial culture is, and can you provide a couple examples?
1: Yeah, uh, to me, the first thing that comes to mind is something that lacks depth, um, something that's shallow. Um, so to me, that would represent someone or a segment of, of people or a group that maybe there's not a lot of good reasoning for why certain things are being done. Um, you might only get a few of uh, a, a, A few levels deep before kind of people run out of answers and why they're doing what they're doing that to me is kind of the plastic artificial um culture if i would snapshot it
2: i think for me um i i I think i feel like plastic when i looked it up like what it really does plastic mean it fit into a few different buckets and i think there's one which is the synthetic, artificial side of things. So basically a culture where everything is very like um, surface level um, created from something doesn't have much substance, not foundation, no roots, no heritage, nothing like that. I think there's another one, which is something which is very replicable, very disposable. So something which has no, um, no sort of long-term relevance is something which is very, very transient, which is, you know, temporal um, which doesn't feel like it's going to last the test of time, and then something which is a bit more impressionable, easily molded. So maybe something potentially which is you know even um, with like a leader, with like one leader, and therefore their sort of followers, or you might want to call them as um, somewhat impressionable herd-like mentality, which you know can be quite can apply to lots of cultures. So you don't want to get don't apply the brush to many people, but I think um, those three to me are what sort of stand out.
0: Hmm. very nice so that both your answers have already sparked a lot of avenues we can take this but i'm curious to know why first we might as a group or even as individuals differentiate between plastic slash artificial cultures and groups versus i guess more authentic true real cultures and groups. What do you think is present there when we're looking to create a, a space between the two?
1: Uh, I'll, I'll go, I'll take that one first. Um, I mean, I, I tend to bring this back to the individual and kind of our base level need to, to feel important. And I, sometimes I think that these, these uh, the way we differentiate and say, this certain group is plastic or this certain group is fake and I'm more authentic than them, or one group is more authentic than another is a way of rationalizing our own importance uh, and our kind of rationalizing our place in the world as having meaning is what I would think. um, uh, That's sort of the most harsh way to look at it, um, I would would have to say. Mm -hmm.
2: I think, yeah, I think leading on from that, for me, I think it comes definitely from a place of insecurity, of someone's own insecurity, maybe whether it's large or small, in feeling like those people are doing something which I don't necessarily approve of. But I think deep down, there's always something which we're jealous of and that we wish we could do it. For whatever reason, we're not going to maybe because it doesn't fit what we perceive our personality to be, or it's not authentic to us, mm. but maybe, you know, life would be easier if we didn't have such a conscience about ourselves and we were just like, fuck it, I'm just going to do what I want to do. And, and mm. I don't care how it looks the outside. Cause that's what it matters, right? Like if everyone, um, you know, if, uh, you know, insecurities and judging people and projecting and all of that, it's really just because of what we think other people think about us and those who we feel are more authentic. Are largely those we feel are doing what they do for themselves and for no one else. Mm.
1: Mm. I just want to, that's a really interesting point. And I think that the, the insecurity and the jealousy you kind of touched on there. I mean, if I'm being honest, when I'm in Los Angeles where I live and I see, you know, a guy driving down the road with a, a Ferrari convertible and he's got a, a beautiful girlfriend with, <laughs> Fake breasts and collagen in her lips and and i'm looking at that and i'm like oh i'm those people they can, there's no way they can be happy you know but at the same time like if i was driving that ferrari and i have the beautiful girlfriend next to me and like who am i to to make that assumption it helps me feel better about not having that mm-hmm. stuff to then to say oh that's lesser inherently and i think it is a defense mechanism to uh, kind of protect where, where I am in, in life, to, to pass that judgment so quickly. Uh, but upon reflecting, it really doesn't feel too good to pass that sort of judgment if, as I look back on it. So that was a, that's a really good point you made on that. Mm-hmm.
0: It's funny as you guys both gave your responses, I was reflecting on the original definitions that you also gave and was just thinking, what we haven't really clarified or what hasn't been made clear to me yet is who are we actually speaking to when we are judging a culture being plastic slash artificial? Is it the individuals? Is it the guy driving down Rodeo with uh, his hot plastic girlfriend beside him? Or are we talking about the people who value and who practice and who believe that is a higher way of living? So can you guys take a moment to speak upon what do you think is actually meant when we are, I guess, defining or labeling a group of people as plastic slash artificial? Are are we speaking to someone that actually exists or is it just uh, a set of norms and customs?
2: Hmm. That's a really interesting question. I feel like, I mean, without sounding boring, probably both, right? I feel like (laughs) there is one side which is norms and customs that you could attribute to a plastic type person or group of people, which is that they are, as we said before, like impressionable or it's like, all it's very like trend trend heavy and nothing's very permanent and so on and so on. Mm -hmm. Um, And then the type of person though, I think is more interesting. And I think comes to, you know, what, what is that type of person? And I think it's also like, let's not get on our pedestal here. Like no one is like none of us are hundred percent authentic to ourselves. Like, I mean, I definitely can't say that mm-hmm. about myself anyway, you know, mm-hmm. like, and, um, everyone has, I think, elements of this plasticity within them elements where you want to feel or be seen to be a certain way or heard a certain way. And, um, therefore it's just like, at a what, at what magnitude, right. Is it, mm-hmm. Does a person become plastic versus they just have elements of plasticity within them? And I think, right. you know, is that just, you know, is it, is it avoidance of their own thoughts, avoidance of being alone in their thoughts, avoidance of something bad that's happened and they can only deal with it by removing themselves from who they should be, where their trajectory in life should have taken them. They are rerouting themselves on a seemingly artificial path. They've like made their own path literally as it's not one that's already sort of set in the way and they've made their own path, um, which shouldn't mm-hmm. have been the one that they follow. But, you know, if it works for them, I mean, that's the question. If does it work for them? I don't know. But if it works, then then really who are we to, to put that label on someone?
1: Mm-hmm. I, I think um, to piggyback for what you said, Nicola, um, this the second one there you said are we talking about individual people are we just kind of generalizing about people that fall into these you know people that wear lululemon (laughs) go to equinox (laughs) sorry for all of you that wear i wear lululemon (laughs) yeah you both wear
2: lululemon (laughs) i love lululemon actually
1: um but but i think that like generalizing people into this category is a way to like help us better understand and like rationalize things. It, ultimately though, I, I personally feel that that's like a cop-out for me and it's it's unfair because it just allows me to not have to deal with or interact with certain people by being like, they're like this, mm. which in itself yeah. like is still, that's in the vein of racism and sexism and ageism right. and all that yeah. by saying like, oh, people that are, that look that certain way go to those places, they must be like this. So uh, this conversation is making me challenge my own preconceived notions that maybe uh, subconsciously have been there. Um, and, and like, I'd actually like to engage with some of these plastic people because I know when I see them, I'm like, I don't even try to engage. Right. And um, so I think I'm only assuming who they are based on this generalized idea. I don't have a ton of like direct interaction with people that I look at and classify as plastic based on their outward appearance. Yeah, I think
0: you're touching on something really powerful that we haven't yet spoken on in this series is the dismissiveness of people who, and personalities, whatever it is, who are what we call quote unquote plastic because that also introduces this hierarchy, like there's inferior, superior, there's better, there's worse, and we are taking this posture of being above, almost. And I think that segues quite nicely to the next question because, you know, Nicola, Nicola and I speak about this a lot, just like high beast culture. And, you know, they, if you were to ask them at the individual level, they all think they're super real and like true and authentic, but really they fall into these very monolithic beliefs and approaches and behaviors that very closely resemble each other you know and so that almost suggests a certain plastic and that it's not very unique or true or intrinsic of the individual it's kind of just like following the group so would you guys think there's something there if i were to say that there's a certain plastic almost in authentic culture?
1: You wanna take this one? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs>
2: um, yeah. I think this is where it gets a little bit tricky, right, because what we define as the culture is, you know, the streetwear, beast kind of culture to, in some form or another. Um, is that the person that's peeing up outside Supreme? for a new drop like are they part of it or are they a sheep and they are following the real culture and the real tastemakers like within that you know I'm sure that some people you know it it's so hierarchical take a point Stefan like it within within culture like it's extremely hierarchical and Mm -hmm. I think that's why it's so addictive because you're like oh I've unlocked a new level Right, right. I like I've literally found a new way to be a more authentic hype beast, which is in <laughs> itself being potentially more plastic if we're defining it that way. Right. I think uh, sorry.
1: Oh no, sorry, you keep going.
2: I was just I was just gonna say that. Um, you know, hype beast culture in itself, I mean it's just you know, it's completely taken over and um, you know, in ten years time it probably it won't, it won't be in the place that it is now um i think that just plays into that thing of that plasticity and plastic culture is not sustainable and Mm -hmm. it's not something which we can hang our hat on and which we can say this is always going to this is you know this is the this thing the the incarnation of it for now right um Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and of our time and of it's all a context of what we grew up on and who we look up to in music and film and art in, in Hollywood and so on and so Mm. on. And this is what it's become. This is what fashion has become. And it's become a very branded, branded paint by numbers experience for, for this group of people. And it's doesn't have any creativity in it, honestly. Um, And I think that that makes it super easy. Like, yeah, you need some money and then you're in, that's it all you need. Mm-hmm. Um, and then with the likes of like Zara and, and all these fast fashion places, like you could pretend and like, you know, if you're not if you're not trying to reach those levels if you're like you're 14 years old, you can be a pretend hypebeast real easy. Like you don't even need like $2,000 for a hoodie. Mm-hmm. So I think that it's um, yeah, it's definitely an onion levels. Mm-hmm. Lots of
1: levels. I think that's so interesting, and I think you just redefined plastic for me in this moment because I think plastic represents there's a transience in that mm. it's it's you know it's kind of coming and fading away and and to me, the authentic represents this like lasting um this lastingness i guess you would call it of like it withstands time uh and changes of popular pop culture and, and what's cool right now. And I think that that's, um, that's a key difference I'm just realizing right in the middle of this conversation with <laughs> that, Nicola yeah, it's, it's a brilliant
0: point. And I think something for us to absolutely appreciate uh, just the vastness of what that covers. You know, there's so many points in life where we delineate groups and There's always this kind of narrative embedded within, you know, group identity that suggests that the other group has less, uh, you know, less noble, less refined values. And so they're almost essentially made up on more transient things than are more core lasting values. Mm -hmm. And so I think this is a good way, a good place for me to, you know, introduce another vein of thought in asking when can we make the shift at what point are we no longer plastic but we're moving towards authentic you know again reflecting on the fact that what's embedded in us even thinking like that is authentic is better than non authentic authentic mm-hmm. is better than plastic so if we're moving forward so to speak if we're evolving into authenticity mm-hmm. what does that
1: transition look like and when does it happen uh, I think it represents um, it represents a feeling of, of fulfillment and I'm, I'm not sure if I said this at the beginning of, of the podcast already but to me I think it represents a feeling of fulfillment and uh, it's it's not being easily changed by the trends in the moment of whatever is popular whatever the pressure is from society from media from your friends to not be easily changed by that um, but to make your decisions from a, a, a thoughtful place. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that starts to, to me if you're making decisions from there that represents not uh, not a, uh, a plastic way of thinking. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
2: So I, I kind of agree on in principle, but then I think that's very hard in, in reality. Right. Because what are our decisions, if not a product of external factors, we can't don't live in a vacuum, right? We, we don't, we're not raised in a bubble. Like we, everything we do, everything, we decide everything we say is somehow connected to external factors, whether it be conscious or not. And
1: mm-hmm.
2: therefore, I think that there's definitely a degree of what you say, which is totally right. Like, you know, you see someone wear something and you go out and buy it the next day because they wore it and you want to look like them. That might be something which is seen to be a bit more superficial, but then again, mm-hmm. that not sort of inspirational. Like you're inspired by what they want to wear. doesn't mm-hmm. matter if it's fashion over or if it's Dior, like whatever, like you wanted, you wanted to wear that because you thought it, because you thought it would look good and mm-hmm. you wanted to look like that person. So or whether it be something, you know, more meaningful, like, you know, moving career or moving countries or ending relationship or starting, you know, anything like that. I think it's, it's all based upon how we perceive what's happening around us and what's happened in our past. Um, so I think Mm -hmm. it's what those external factors are potentially, which is the nuance, um, Mm -hmm. versus like, assuming that we can't, we have like, we can't, uh, what it means to ha- be, be thoughtful is to be in touch with your thoughts and to take in factors which you think are important to you and knowing what affects you in the best possible way and mm-hmm. being in touch with you is, is how you make good decisions, right? Not by, um, just not by letting things take you as the wind goes.
1: Mm-hmm. So it's, it's, the, it's it, and I totally agree, you're right. It's, it's having the ability to filter out that external, stimuli and say, yep, this is good for me. This is not. As exactly. opposed to, I'm just going to have, I'm taking what's given to me as my orders of how I need to be. Mm-hmm. Yes. 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 I would agree
0: 100%. So th- this is interesting because would this all be to suggest that you become, or you've earned the label of plastic slash artificial, if we can even do that, but you've earned the label when you yourself feel like you're being inauthentic and not true to yourself or does the label rightfully sit when you know an external objective reflection on it suggests that you are so for example if you are you know a rich businessman in the financial district of new york and you kiss puppies and you give to philanthropy and you have a bunch of pictures on your Instagram of you giving away turkeys on Thanksgiving to the homeless, but you go home and you're like, "I really don't give a damn about any of this. It's honestly a waste of my time. I do it for the tax exemption. Mm. But you know I, I feel like I'm being true to myself for doing this, or I'm not being true to myself for doing this. You know, where is the right answer? like where can we actually correctly apply the label? Is it how this person feels about himself? Or is it like, look, he's actually going and giving away turkeys on Thanksgiving. Like that's right. a pretty
1: authentic thing. It's that's, that's a terrible example, but I think you get the, the point here. Mm-hmm. I, I don't think it's an, a terrible example. I think it all comes back down to the in- individual. And if you feel hollow inside, there's your answer. That's <laughs> what I think, you know, it's a great answer. It's, yeah, I don't have a lot more than that as a thought on it at this moment.
2: Yeah, I think it's a, I think it's, I think it's a good example too because I think we're coming, assuming like plastic means negative and like trashy and whatever else, but it absolutely doesn't need to be that at all. It's just this facade of something that's not quite attached, right?
1: Mm, so mm-hmm,
2: you could mm-hmm. be like assume, you know, you have like, you know, depression and housewives that have three kids and two dogs and live in a nice house
0: right don't mm-hmm. feel
2: anything you know yeah like what does that mean so yeah i think i think it's a good it's making sure that we're not just uh thinking about the obvious examples and mm. um plastic doesn't have to be bad negative
1: I, and i'd like to say i think i'd like to characterize plastic in terms of um not how we see others but in terms of how we feel about ourselves because one is one causes us to have to pass judgments those Mm. people are plastic versus the other one is to me is like looking at plasticity in in terms of being a helpful tool to help people develop I Mm. feel hollow and plastic inside and out and I want to feel more fulfilled I want to feel satisfaction and so It's a a tool to let you know you need to change and grow, I think is where I'd like to put my flag in the sand on plasticity. Yeah, that's that's such a
0: powerful point, though, because I've really been stuck on something Nicola said earlier around the loss or the diminishing of creativity Mm -hmm. in plastic living. Mm -hmm. And I think from what you just said, there's something meaningful about unique, personal, true expression mm-hmm. that you're losing, regardless of anyone's outside appraisal of you when you're engaged in plastic behavior. And it feels like this, a certain meaningful quality of humanness that you forego for the sake of falling into the, this group and this mold. So as we're wrapping up here, um, just for the sake of being time conscious, can we, can we speak a little bit around what, you know, this conversation around plastic slash authentic cultures and the individuals that inhabit those, what does that say about our humanness? What's what's like essential about that, that we need to be focused on or reflect on? And we'll have a follow-up question after that about what do you, what feeling do you think we're avoiding by even creating these categories and labels?
2: I don't know if I have an answer to what are we avoiding, but it's avoiding is within itself what we're doing. Mm
1: -hmm.
2: And I think, I think I'll go back to something I said earlier, like we all have some plasticity in us, like, you know, everyone. And and I think right now what we're obsessed with is like finding ourselves and like meditating and (laughs) taking time and what, a healthy life means is taking time for ourselves and how our generation is well and probably more so younger than us are taking that into account a lot more um what does happiness mean you know not following traditional career paths doing their own thing um moving countries because they can and they feel like it and why not and i think that it's Finding out who we are is something which people are more engaged with. So I think there's going to be, I mean, if you take it to its logical conclusion, like, well, does that mean that we'll see less like big sort of plastic cultures and plastic people because we're like slightly more engaged on a level and we call things out? More, you know, people, for example, the whole Instagram, like hiding like counts and people being really for that because it's ruining mm-hmm. how we see ourselves and how we see the world. You know, are we going to therefore, it's everything's reaction to that. Um, mm-hmm. I think there's, there's like human nature, there's always going to be a herd mentality. There's always going to be that playing a part in, in you know, we are, that's just who we are as human beings and space instinct but i think that um yeah i think that it's something which that the avoidance potentially is is potentially declining
1: mm. but it's
2: like that you know the plastic person in a car in a convertible this is like 90s barbie like this is where we get it from <laughs> and that yes. world that world's you know that that concept is no longer acceptable so Potentially in real life, it's not either. Hmm.
1: I, I, I take, uh, my takeaway from, from this would be um, the plastic culture is something I actually would like to try to understand more what, how someone gets to that place. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I'm going to take it as sort of an individual challenge to engage with those people um, and less kind of judge and dismiss them because I think there's probably a lesson to be learned in what gets people there. Um, and um, I think that that's sort of on a more one-to-one level, um, my realization from this. Just, I don't think I actually know those people and what makes them tick. I can't imagine what would make someone go to those lengths to conform to what they think people want them to be and do. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's, there's probably a, a learning lesson there on that, so. Mm-hmm. Uh, a final point that
0: i want to introduce and i'm not sure i'm gonna shift it into a question but i I just want to throw it in the space is just celebrity you know i think we all know there is a certain plasticity so to speak of celebrity and within that to reflect on what you're saying chris there's almost this loss of empathy that we allow and i think it's because we fetishize celebrity in this way where we we almost want their plasticness to be available to us so that we can disengage from it and so that we can other them in a way that fits our narratives about how people exist and live in the world. So the Kardashian family is a great example of this. We follow their story in a way that's you know we pretend to care, but it's definitely disingenuous because we love their plasticity. We we love that it's like this completely out of touch, you know, ungrounded way of existing that's almost inaccessible to us. Uh, and through that, we can't apply the same empathy we might be able to give to the struggling mother of two on the streets of Harlem. And so I, well, I guess what I'm trying to uh, explore here is there seems to be this thing that, pops up throughout popular culture of us just like you know getting off on plastic things yeah and mm-hmm. i find that immensely interesting and immensely worth exploring as you're saying we should be curious about it but i don't know what it means mm-hmm. and i don't know what it says about us and most importantly i don't know if it's permanent and needs to endure
1: mm-hmm. <laughs> It's there's something attractive about it. I don't know what it is. It's almost like um, it's primal in a sense. And um, I, I think it probably could even be a, another podcast that we do on Celebrity. <laughs> <laughs> Why not? <laughs> so, but it's a really interesting uh, yeah, point to go into. Yeah. Do you I mean, have any questions or thoughts on that?
2: Well, yeah. I, as you say, I think it is a whole other topic. But I think... I mean, I'm trying to be very optimistic here, which is unlike me, but <laughs> I am, um, I you know, this. yeah, you're, you're totally right. Like what's the Kardashians is like 16th season, like something insane. Yeah. And like, you know, the obsession over here with Love Island and like reality TV and love and hip hop and all these shows, like it's endured, like, yes, things have died and come back to life, but like, it's basically endured. And mm-hmm. maybe is this a good sign in the fact that it's seen as other, us because Mm. we see ourselves as more authentic and a bit more true and a little bit more Mm. in touch and this is it's like a zoo right we're like oh these are so such different species to us like what are they doing oh let's look at them from our viewing platform and just like view their lives and um pretend that we think we know what's going on but it's just it's it's an escape and that's you know that's what entertainment is i mean it's an it's entertainment right it's an escape um and yeah, are celebrities therefore the most plastic form of people and culture out there? It, are they the most divorced from their true selves? I think that's mm-hmm. something that mm-hmm. has an argument for, yes.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Let's, let's close on that note, just because <laughs> I know we could go for a lifetime on this, and I know if I were to allow my deepest desires to uh, come forth, I would go uh, into this a bit deeper, but... Let's end here for now. And if we need to continue the conversation in another podcast, let's let's try to. Mm -hmm. This was really good. Thank you both for such insightful, uh, considerate, thoughtful opinions on a very ambiguous topic. And I think, I hope, one of the things that the listeners take from this is that we didn't try to apply an expertise onto the conversation because that in itself would be disingenuous. But we wanted to highlight some of the questions we possibly should be asking about it because I think it does say something important about who we are as individuals and groups and what that means for us moving forward. So if we can have a final word from each of you guys, if you want to, on what you think we should take forward from this conversation and take the space to plug anything you think worth plugging as well. (laughs) <laughs> Nicola
1: go ahead lead us <laughs> <off>.
2: <laughs> Um okay what do I take from this conversation I think that it's dangerous to label anything honestly to label anything or mm-hmm. like anyone at this point I think we should be beyond that I think we've, we've grown out of that um, it's not fair it's not um, it's not accurate, you know. Mm. It's just mm. not. Um, I think by 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 uh, definition, if we think we see plastic people out in the world, or cultures, or groups, or whatever, whether it be on TV or in real life, how do we know, right? Is that a persona they're putting on for the external world, and actually they're very happy in their true selves? And whatever they get on in their real lives. Like, we don't know. And, and, and I think that um, it's something to bear in mind um, in terms of how divorced a plastic person or plastic personality can be from their true self. Can we actually live quite sort of dual existences? Um, and, and that is our authentic, that is our true self because we're actually in control of it. Is that something that we should be thinking about?
1: Brilliant. Mm-hmm uh I think to this um quote I'm not who to attribute sure who to attribute it to but like love the one you're with and I think like like uh Nicholas said like this whole labeling thing like it's easy to like label someone and then treat them in a certain way and um and I'm going to challenge myself to like when I see someone and I put this mental label on who they are I'm trying to categorize them in my mind as a way to sort of decide where I am in terms of the hierarchy of being better than them, I guess, is what I'm doing in my mind. Just kind of putting that aside for a moment and trying to just realize these people who might be seen as plastic are also people Mm -hmm. and um, they're, you know, they have value just like I do and anyone else does that we consider to be more of an authentic person. So I think um, it's, uh, I think, this is a reflection on our own prejudices and um, that those, are, those should be considered and reflected upon as much as we're reflecting upon other people that might be, uh, we'd call plastic. Mm-hmm. Brilliant. Very good
0: stuff from both of you. I feel so uh, well-fed spiritually <laughs> for this conversation. You guys both brought real party favors to the barbecue. <laughs> so I thank you both. If you, the listeners, want to continue the conversation, of course, as always, please hit us up through our socials. Find us on Facebook. Find us at, on Twitter. Find us on our Instagram. Send us an email at hello at eternal remedy.com. And most importantly, explore this topic further through our magazine. You can find them available for purchase at shop get the gear, follow this podcast because the conversations are only getting better from here. And we really thank you for your time and for your ear. And until
1: next time, we're signing off.